Hi, I'm Joel, and I'm starting my new podcast, Joel New World, to share my experiences with you. I'll be sharing my personal experiences, traveling, and enjoying the theme parks in the greater Orlando area. I will share tips and recommendations like traveling to Walt Disney World with younger children, how and where to book your dining reservations, and is Genie Plus actually worth it? What are the best rides and attractions at each theme park? Come join me on this adventure while we discuss some of my favorite adventures. Welcome to your Joel New World. All right, today is June 20th, 2022, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Yesterday was Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to everyone out there. Um, it's a special day for everyone, and I certainly enjoyed mine. Uh, I haven't been to the parks in a couple of weeks, so um, hopefully that's going to be changing very soon. I'm kind of itching and, and ready to get back out there to the parks and have a good time. But um, I'm planning on getting back soon. We do have a July 4th trip planned, so uh, we're going to be staying for about five days, and we definitely love our staycations here in Orlando. That's one good thing about being a local, um, and one good perk about living here now. We can book a short staycation. You know, whenever we're in the mood for a little Disney or a little pick-me-up, uh, it's just a short drive away, 30-minute drive away, and we can stay and have a great time, just like you normally would. Uh, we're going to be staying at the Dolphin at the Boardwalk area. And the Swan and Dolphin are amazing. If you look at the right time, you can even score a pretty good deal on it too. So on the room that we got, I think we we were able to score like around the $200 a night range, which isn't too bad considering the convenience factor of being in walking distance to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So it's about a 15 to 20 minute walk. And not bad at all, right? You get to go in through the um, International Gateway back there by either the UK or France. You go into that entrance, which is awesome. And it's conveniently located. So I highly recommend the Swan and Dolphin Hotel. It can give you the most bang for your buck and the biggest convenience factor as well. So you're not really spending as much time getting to the parks as you are enjoying the parks. So... We know sometimes when you're taking the bus system, uh, which is great at Disney, I will give them that, but you can wait, you know, in excess of 40, 45 minutes sometimes to get to the actual park. So time is money when you're on your vacation, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So what better way than to actually stay walking distance where you kind of control your own schedule? You know, it's going to take 15 minutes to walk to Epcot or Hollywood Studios boom, you're in the park and you're through security five minutes later. So, you know, you save 20 to 30 minutes just by staying conveniently to the parks. So that's one thing to think about. You are um, com conveniently located to restaurants and things like that along the boardwalk. So I highly recommend the Yacht Club to, um, you know, get your mobile dining or even books and reservations while you're staying there jelly rolls is a nice place there too to get some drinks and kind of an after hour establishment so there's a lot of great options at the boardwalk there the swan and dolphin though going back to that it's amazing the prices are pretty good we got an annual pass holder rate so we did save a little extra money so if you are an annual pass holder look into that there's a little promo code that you can put in there and it will save you a little bit of extra money and i think it's qwh is the promo code so check it out if you are a pass holder but even though 
you know, they do have, they do charge for parking. We're being locals. We do have to park somewhere. And I think it's about 30 bucks a night, but still not too bad. Plus resort fees, not a bad rate to be staying around the boardwalk. So happy to do it. And like I said, you can't really beat the convenience of staying around the boardwalk where you're just about a 15 to 20 minute walk away from both Hollywood Studios and Epcot. And they do have boat transportations as, as well, if you're not aware of that. If you don't feel like walking, you're not comfortable walking to or, or from the parks, you can ride a, a boat back right to the middle of both the Swan and Dolphin. They do offer a bus service. So if you're trying to get to Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, they still offer a bus that I would say is probably one of the more uh, timely buses. They're always waiting there. So they have their own buses. Um, independent from the transportation at Disney. So they have their own and it says Swan and Dolphin on the side of the bus. And yeah, they're pretty much, they hold a pretty good schedule. So, um, so yeah, you really can't go wrong with the Swan and Dolphin. They even do like a light show in between the two hotels at night to different, you know, different songs. And they do like a little light show with the trees and things like that. So it's pretty awesome to see. And I know they do like different Star Wars um, music and things like that. So it's really great. It's a great time. It's a great place and you can't beat the location for the price. You can really save a couple hundred bucks just by staying at the Swan and Dolphin versus Beach Club, Boardwalk, and some of those deluxe resorts for Disney. So keep that in mind. Look out there and, and give it a shot. It's a good hotel if you haven't stayed there before. Uh, so maybe after this July 4th trip, I'll, maybe I'll have to do a trip report after this upcoming trip and let you know how it went, where we ate, what did we do, how did we use Genie Plus, and things like that. So let's get on to the news, brought to you by WDW News Today. The Disney Wish, the new cruise ship, arrives at part Port Canaveral. If I could talk today, that'd be great. But Port Canaveral, ahead of its maiden voyage. The Disney Wish arrived in the early morning hours of June 20th, so the day after Father's Day. Cruises on the Disney Wish will begin on July 14th, so a little less than a month away. Definitely excited about this. I've only been on one cruise myself, and it was with uh, Norwegian, which they were great as well. But I've always been dreaming of going on a Disney cruise, just to see what it can offer. I've seen some awesome videos online and people sharing their trips and cruises with everyone else on YouTube and things like that. But I think my next thing to do on my Disney bucket list is to take a Disney cruise. And living here in the Orlando area now, we are very close to Port Canaveral, where you can take a trip very quickly and very conveniently. So we'll definitely have to do that in the near future. And hopefully, and I would love to get on this new ship, the Disney Wish. It looks amazing has some great new entertainment, some great restaurants, and uh, just looks like a great time. So next in the news, there are two new limited release Figment Magic Bands celebrating 20 years of Journey into Imagination with Figment. Now you may be doing the math in your head and saying, wait a minute, that attraction's older than 20 minutes, or 20 years, not 20 minutes. And it is, but there have been several versions of this attraction these 20 years are celebrating the current version of this attraction. There's a limited release magic band, which is white with the Epcot logos. Those like little circles that are different colors. I love that look. Um, 
and that figment character at the bottom. So that one looks amazing. I'm actually considering buying this one right now, the white one, and we'll see. It retails for $34.99, so we'll have to see. It's almost time for a new Magic Band for me. What about you guys? Do you guys like to change up your Magic Bands frequently, or how often do you change your Magic Bands? Uh, let me know. I know the Magic Band Plus is coming out fairly soon. There's been some talk of that coming out and different things and features that it can do around the park. I know that uh, somewhere in Disney Springs released Magic Band Plus a little bit early and kind of made a boo-boo there when they did that, but uh, it is coming very, very soon, and I don't know if I'm going to hold out for that one. I know it probably will cost a little bit more money than the $34.99, but um, I might hold out for Magic Band Plus, or I might get one of these Figment ones. We'll have to see. There is another one, too, that's a yellow pass holder, so annual pass holder Figment Band. It features figment with several symbols, like the paint can. I think it's a red color paint can, a music symbol, and that light bulb, that yellow light bulb with wings. So those logos and those iconic images are on the pass holder yellow Magic Band. And both of them, like I said, retail for $34.99. Personally, I like the white version a little bit better. And of the two, that's that would be the one I would purchase. So just my opinion. Next, moving on, why everybody's here today, our topic of the day. In today's episode of A Joel New World, we will be discussing all things Genie Plus. So, if you're familiar with Genie Plus, maybe you've used it and had some struggles with it, like a lot of people, I hear a lot of negative feedback about it, but today I tried, I really want to try to focus on the positives that Genie Plus has brought. I know in the past, I think a year from today... Um, a year ago today, we went back to the parks for the first time after COVID hit and the pandemic and all that. And Disney just wasn't the same at that time. And one thing that was missing was those fast pass reservations or, you know, being able to book something or ride without having to wait in super long lines. And that's basically what was missing. Genie Plus is that is that solution in some ways. I think it does need a little bit of tweaking and things like that to make it better. But um, you do have to pay for it, which is $15 per person per day plus tax. So it ends up being like almost 16 or 17 bucks per person per day. And if you have a party of you know three or four people, it can add up or even more people than that. It definitely adds up per day. So maybe you don't want to utilize it every single day of your trip and maybe just focus on it here and there, maybe on your Magic Kingdom days or something like that. Um, but I know a lot of people are kind of ticked off that you now have to pay this $15 plus tax for something that was already built into your price or was free in some cases, right? So it does replace that FastPass system, but you do have to pay for it. It is an upcharge as well. But if you look at some other parks like um, Universal and I know SeaWorld and other places like that, Six Flags, they do charge for their fast pass system or their like um, ability to skip the lines. So maybe we'll compare other parks and see how Disney Genie Plus stacks up with those pricing terms and kind of keep it into perspective there. I know Disney does charge a lot more than other theme parks. So 
it does kind of feel like you're getting nickel and dime some some places here and there, especially recently when you're used to you know just getting a few fast passes per day thrown in but but now you are getting charged for it we're going to look at it we're going to try to keep it as positive as possible because i do feel like it does save you some money um, in the long run if you're thinking about time and like i said when we visited a year ago almost to the day it was missing right uh we brought our parents on the trip and we were waiting in lines left and right it was like 30 minutes here 30 minutes there you know 45 minutes here and there wasn't one that you could just kind of burn through and get on very quickly. I missed that experience of just, you know, scanning my magic band and getting on a ride within five or 10 minutes. So Genie Plus does kind of solve that in some ways. You know, when you go to the parks, time is money, like I've said before. You want to make every second count while you're on a Disney vacation. And good news, the new Genie Plus system can help you maximize your Disney days, I think, if you use it correctly. Today, we're going to talk about Genie Plus and how I like to utilize this system to get the most bang for my buck. Let's begin by discussing the history of the Fast Pass or Lightning Lane system or the ability to skip the standby line. This episode is all about how to skip the standby lines at the parks. This is what we mean when we say Fast Pass or Lightning Lane uh, or something like that. So in 1999, Disney Imagineer Greg Hale thought up the idea of fast passes. They knew how many people could ride any attraction within one hour time period and proposed that Disney let a specific percentage of guests reserve their spot in line. Disney then introduced the new time ticket system called Fast Pass. These were actually paper tickets. Disney installed paper Fast Pass ticket kiosks throughout the parks. So unlike today where people are sprinting for their favorite attractions, guests were speed walking towards the most in-demand FastPass kiosk. These were these like little rectangular devices where you would go and pick up your actual paper FastPass tickets. Guests would insert their park ticket and the kiosk would then spit out a paper FastPass ticket with the hour of your return time on that ticket. If you lost that FastPass, you were out of luck. Uh, you could also replenish for a new fast pass after a certain amount of time had passed, or you had ridden your fast pass attraction. At Walt Disney World in 2014, the new Fast Pass Plus service completely got rid of paper tickets and transitioned everything to the My Disney Experience app. In this version of Fast Pass, guests could make up to three Fast Pass reservations in advance, possibly more, if they were used. Um, if they used up all three of them, they could make an extra fast pass and then so on as they were available throughout the day. They could do this 60 days in advance for resort guests, 30 for non-resort guests. Attractions were designated a certain tier status, and that's how you would select fast passes. You could even change your return times or when you prefer to ride the rides. Now, this was only at Walt Disney World. I remember in, I would say, 2017... Disneyland still had those fast pass kiosks for like Cars Land for the Radiator Springs ride, uh, for Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, other rides like that. I remember Big Thunder as well. So they had the these paper kiosks for quite a while until they went to a a different version of um, of an app like we see today. They were kind of the 
the testers for this new system. All right, then the world shut down. In 2020, Disney actually shut down operations due to the COVID-19 pandemic in March. The Disney World Parks reopened in July and announced that the FastPass Plus system would be suspended, causing all guests to wait in the standby line. The suspension of skipping the standby line lasted all the way until August 2021. Uh, like I said earlier, I was affected by this, and I went in 2021, but it was in June of 2021, so about a year ago today. And there weren't any fast passes at all. It really, I really struggled to get on rides then. I was doing something if I got on three rides that day, just because waiting in standby lines with um, small children who don't want to wait was very difficult, so... Um, glad to see that we do have some other system in place. But back to the history. Disney announced that FastPass Plus would be discontinued and replaced by a service called Genie Plus. This system would no longer be complimentary and would cost individuals $15 plus tax per day at the Walt Disney World Resort. And it is $20 per day per guest plus tax at the Disneyland Resort. Disney also boasted a free version of Genie, which would basically plan your Disney Days itineraries for you and give you recommendations on where to go. There's your Disney history of skipping the standby lines. Now we're going to begin by talking about the current version of Genie Plus and the rules and limitations of this new system and how you can actually use it. So we have to start somewhere. Let's start with the rules and limitations of Genie Plus. And to start, I'm going to say that there is a free version of Genie where you don't have to pay for anything. And you can use that same app um, experience. It's a little bit different. So the free version is where the My Disney Experience app would ask you a few questions and preferences, like what rides do you like to ride? What experiences or shows do you like? And then it plans out your itinerary for your day and gives you some suggestions. Personally, I don't think this is a very good system. I haven't heard anyone out there that uses this free version of Genie, except maybe to do a challenge or something like that. I've seen on YouTube where they only stuck to the free Genie system. And um, yeah, I haven't heard anything good from it. I haven't heard any benefits or that it actually works with the rides that they actually chose or put in. So if you said you love Big Thunder Mountain or Haunted Mansion, I haven't actually been told when to go there so it doesn't really make that much sense to me and this is the free genie version without the plus sign but there is a genie plus where you do have to pay that additional charge so the free genie system it kind of seems to be more of like a crowd mover and suggest areas of the park that aren't very busy for a reason like it's tough to be a bug at animal kingdom or you know some of those other attractions that don't get very many high wait times so i think it's kind of a sneaky way for them to be moving guests from areas of higher crowds to areas of lower crowds. I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate, but that's kind of what it seems like to me. It's just kind to, or trying to, you know, take advantage of people that aren't really familiar with the parks and trying to funnel them to other experiences where there's not very many wait times. And if you hate waits, I mean, I guess that could be a good, a good idea and you're not familiar with the parks, but I think it's just kind of for crowd control at each park. So now, Genie Plus is the new FastPass system that costs each person each person $15 per day plus tax, or $15.98 currently with tax. If you add that up, so if you have a party of 
three. My kids, I have two kids, but one of them's free because they're not free yet. So if I did 1598 times three, it comes to about $47.94 per day that I choose to use this Genie Plus system. If you have a party of six, which a lot of folks do, that comes to $95.88 per day. So it really does add up and it's an easy way to add on some extra um, charges and get up to closer to 100 bucks a day. But is it really worth it? That's what we're going to be discussing today. I'm going to tell you some tricks and try to um, keep it positive. I'd have heard a lot of negatives about it, but I do want to give you some of the benefits of this system. Like I said, when I uh, visited in 2021 of June last year, it wasn't very fun just not knowing when you're going to get your next ride in and knowing that it could take 45 minutes in standby line or more with, you know, standing with my younger children. That's a long time. So the benefits of skipping that standby line are huge, especially when you have those younger kids. If it's just me going to the park or me and my wife, you know, going out on date night or something like that, we don't mind waiting for a ride for 30 minutes. If we love that ride, we can talk to each other. We can play games in line or just, you know, just sit and back and people watch and enjoy the sights and sounds of Disney. But kids, it's really hard to entertain them when you are waiting in that line. That's very lengthy. All right, what do I actually get with Genie Plus? So I'm paying this, what, $15.98 per person. What do I actually get with it? So what you get, you can reserve an arrival time at more than 40 Walt Disney World attractions, allowing you to bypass the standby lines by using the Lightning Lane entrances. You receive some pretty cool photo lenses to take pictures as well. I'll be the first to admit, I love these. These are a nice addition. And if you are just kind of like chilling and, you know, drinking your Starbucks or something like that, or Joffrey's, whatever you, whatever team you're on, team Joffrey's, team Starbucks, it's kind of like that Jacob and Edward meme, right? What team are you on? I'm on team Starbucks, by the way. I feel like they're the same price and I like the coffee better, but I know everybody has their own preference. Um, you receive some pretty cool photo lenses. Like I said, there's some cool ones that turn you into a genie. You turn blue and it kind of makes you bald. So that's a funny one with the kids to try out. It does occupy the kids' time, which is awesome. And one turns you into a villain. So I know a lot of times I get Ursula, I get Hades, and I get um, Dr. Facilier. Those are fun too. You can take some pictures of you eating like a pretzel or churro or something like that. It's a popcorn. And you can even do some filters on the castle. So it'll like have fireworks at nighttime if it's in the daytime. Or it can change it to like the 25th anniversary birthday cake edition castle, which is pretty awesome as well. So I do, I'm a big fan of that. I like that feature. At least you get something else other than just skipping the standby line. What I've noticed, I haven't experienced them too much, but I've kind of dove into them recently. You also receive some like audio tales when you're at different areas in the theme parks. And think of these as kind of like audio walking tours of history throughout the parks. So I know there's some around Tomorrowland and just, you know, different parts of the park, which can give you a different experience. If you're just a casual local and you're interested in the history, I do highly recommend those as well, if you have the time. The PhotoPass downloads with Memory Maker are not included at Walt Disney World, but it is at Disneyland. So that's kind of that um, upcharge of $20 as opposed to $15. You do get that, the photo downloads with the Memory Maker. 
you do have to buy the memory maker separately which used to be included with the annual pass but they took that away recently um, since the pandemic uh, there are also individual lightning lanes. So think of these as like premium lightning lanes or premium attractions. Those new ones like Cosmic Rewind or that Guardians of the Galaxy ride, um, Flight of Passage and Avatar Land. Um, some of the other ones have included Remy's when that first opened. Uh, Frozen Ever After used to be one as well. I know Expedition Everest used to be one as well. Rise of the Resistance, that Star Wars, that amazing Star Wars ride in Hollywood Studios is still one. And it sells out very quickly. So what this actually is, is, um, and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's the other one I was trying to think of at Magic Kingdom. So you can actually pay separately per person to ride this attraction. So these individual lightning lanes are these premium rides. They're the ones that are in high demand and they're trying to limit the number of fast passes they can give out by charging additional for this. But one thing to note is that you don't need the Genie Plus system, that $15 system to actually purchase an individual lightning lane. So if you're trying to pick one or the other and you say, man, I really just want to ride that new Guardians ride at Epcot, or maybe I want to ride um, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train at Magic Kingdom. So I know the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train usually runs around 11 to $12, just depending on the day. I have seen it as low as like 10 or $9 sometimes, just depending on the day. I know weekends usually are more elevated in price, but like I said, it just depends. The new Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster at Epcot, uh, I've seen it as low as $14 and as high as $17, which I still recommend paying for. That's one of the only ways to ride it right now is either for paying for it or getting in that virtual queue, um, which we'll talk about here in just a little bit. There is no standby because that line would just be ridiculous right now because it's so new. But think of these individual lightning lanes as separate from Disney Genie Plus system. You can just pay the $17 if you just want to ride Cosmic Rewind and you don't have to pay the $15.98 for the Genie Plus. Or you can do both. It's up to you. The limitations on the individual lightning lanes are limited to two per day, and it doesn't matter which park it's at. So usually each park only has one right now. So if you did want to ride that Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind at Epcot and then park hop over to Magic Kingdom at night, you could ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as well in the evening. I know with this Genie Plus system, you're usually not able to pick a later time that works best with your schedule on the genie plus but those individual lightning lanes or those premium rides you can kind of specify and play around with the times a little bit so if you know you need to get um, seven doors mine train for 7 p.m you can search around that time and see what's available unlike with genie plus it's like the old fast pass system uh the ticketed part where they tried to sell out the current hour starting with the earliest working all the way to the evening and then once they're gone for the day they're usually gone unless someone cancels or something like that all right you also have to purchase genie plus through the my disney experience app the day of your park reservation 12:01 a.m or later on the same day you plan to use it i recommend setting an alarm for about 6:45 a.m in the morning and purchasing genie plus for all members of your party if you're thinking of using it and then thinking of making your first reservation time right at 7 a.m so start looking at like 6:59 because they do go very quickly sometimes you can only make one reservation per attraction 
per day. For instance, I can only book Big Thunder Mountain once per day while using Genie Plus. So if I've already booked it, I can't book it again for the same day. But on an additional day, if I go back to Magic Kingdom, I can ride it again. The same goes for individual Lightning Lane. You can't buy that more than once. So again, what are the rules to using Genie Plus? You're going to be using that My Disney Experience app a lot. You can use it for mobile ordering food or for using this to look at your tip board, which is where you're going to find it. And I do have some videos on YouTube on how to use Genie Plus and how to navigate through the My Disney Experience app to that tip board. So I recommend checking out A Joel New World on YouTube and making sure to, to like and subscribe. That'll help me out. Every little bit helps. So I appreciate it. All right. So there's my shameless plug there. Um, so the My Disney Experience app, you can start booking your first reservation at 7 a.m. And I highly recommend doing so right at 7 a.m. Once you book your first Lightning Lane reservation, you cannot book another one until either two hours after park opening or you have actually used your first Lightning Lane reservation. So you're kind of at a standstill after 7 a.m. until two hours after the park opens or if you use that first ride. So there's also a 20 minute or not 20 minutes, but 120 minute rule or two hours to keep in mind throughout your day. This will come into play for your second reservation. And let's use an example here. I feel like examples are the best way to do this and kind of playing around with the system and trying it out is going to help you out the most too. So at 7 a.m. I reserve Big Thunder Mountain at Magic Kingdom for my return time of 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. I cannot make my next reservation until I have used my Big Thunder Mountain Pass or two hours after Magic Kingdom opens. Whichever happens first, whichever occurs first. I use my magic band to tap into Big Thunder Mountain right at 9.30 a.m., so the earliest I can get in. I think you can actually get in about five minutes before, so I would recommend that too if you can do that. So it's usually five minutes before, and then you usually have an extension of up to 15 minutes after. So if you're afraid of missing your time, you do have 15 minutes on the end of it. A little bit of leeway there. So I tap into Big Thunder Mountain at 9.30 a.m. I then, as I'm walking to the ride, I go to the My Disney Experience app and I make a reservation for Haunted Mansion between 10 and 11 a.m. Now I cannot make my next reservation until two hours from now or if I use my Haunted Mansion pass first. So then I tap into Haunted Mansion at 10 a.m., right at 10 a.m. or maybe at 9.55, and I can now make another reservation. So as you can see, that 120-minute rule or that two-hour rule really comes into play. It puts a really big constraint on your mornings. So try to book something that isn't two hours out. You're going to have a big advantage on other people, and maybe consider booking some of these mid-level attractions like Big Thunder, Haunted Mansion. Um, some of the attractions like Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan's Flight, they're going to have you return possibly around lunchtime, like noon or even later in the afternoon or early afternoon because they go so quickly and the availability goes out very quickly. So just keep that in mind. Those are the two main ones that might actually push you into the afternoon, Jungle Cruise and Peter Pan's Flight. So just keep that in mind. Maybe consider some other ones where you can get one in the morning because if you're able to burn through your lightning lanes, those uh, reservations you made, that's how you're going to get a leg up on it and you're going to get the most bang for your buck 
this way as opposed to booking one and then waiting right waiting two hours to book another one doing another one like that and waiting another two hours you're kind of um, just at a standstill and that's what we're trying to avoid a lot of times all right so early in the morning like I was saying, try not to make a lightning lane reservation more than 120 minutes or those two hours in advance if you can help it. If you only came to ride Jungle Cruise and all they had was like a 1.30 p.m., then do it, right? If that's what you're there for and you have to ride it, you can do it. But my recommendation is try to get something that you can kind of churn through very early in the day so you're not at a standstill, especially if you're paying money for the system. This kind of leaves you stuck not being able to make another reservation for two hours after that park opening. So just keep that in mind. It's not two hours from when you made it at 7 a.m. It's two hours after the park opens. And sometimes that's not until 9 a.m. Um, when the park opens. And then you can't make one until 11. So that's a lot of time that's passing. And other people are making other reservations too. There's definitely some opportunity cost here. Usually if you reserve a more in-demand attraction like Peter Pan's Flight or Jungle Cruise you'll end up with a later return time. Thus, you're going to be you're gonna be more of a standstill. You're not going to be able to make as many Genie Plus reservations throughout the day. If you go for more moderate attractions with earlier return times, you can definitely get more out of the Genie Plus system, in my opinion. So as you're looking through there, you can it shows you the times that you can return. So if you see one, if the park opens at 8.30 and you see some within 8 to 9 o'clock or even closer to like 10 o'clock in the morning, those are more moderate attractions, and I highly recommend booking those first. If you do want to ride Jungle Cruise, I highly recommend you know, waiting for it first thing in the morning, or maybe even during the fireworks late at night if you're there all day. Um, I, I spoke about this last time where my family and I waited for five minutes because we went there during fireworks. So if you don't mind missing fireworks, you know, head that way then, and then you can get more money out of your Genie Plus system and more use out of it that way. Here's my list of all the attractions, not my list, but this is Disney's list of the available attractions at Magic Kingdom. And this one's, this one has the most, so you can definitely get your money's worth at Magic Kingdom. And I highly recommend getting it every time you go to Magic Kingdom. Number one, they have actually 22 attractions. So here we go. I'm going to burn through these really quick. The first one is Barnstormer, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, Festival of Fantasy Parade, Dumbo, Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World, Jungle Cruise, Mad Tea Party, Magic Carpets of Aladdin, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, Meet Cinderella at Fairytale Hall, Meet Mickey at Town Square, Meet Tiana at Fairytale Hall, Mickey's Philhar Magic, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, Peter Pan's Flight, Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Tomorrowland Speedway, Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, and like I said, not a part of the Genie Plus selections, but an individual or premium lightning lane is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And like I said, that usually costs anywhere between like $10 to $12. And it's going to be more on the weekends. You do not need Genie Plus to buy this ride. So just keep that in mind. Now we're going to go through a list of the Hollywood Studios list of attractions. There's only 14 at this one. And you're going to see this becoming a, more of an issue at some of these parks. I rank the best bang for your buck in this order for each park, Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Animal Kingdom. So keep that in mind as you're considering purchasing Genie Plus. So there's 14. The first one, Alien Swirling Saucers, Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage, Disney Junior Play and Dance, 
For the first time in forever, a frozen sing-along. Indiana Jones, Epic Stunt Spectacular. Meet Olaf at Celebrity Spotlight. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run. Muppet Vision 3D. Rock and Roller Coaster. Slinky Dog Dash. Star Tours. Toy Story Mania. And the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror. So that's 14 attractions. And most of them are shows, right? Like half of them are probably shows or meet meeting characters. So keep that in mind. There's not that many rides and at Hollywood Studios or these other parks for that matter. The individual lightning lane here is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Usually costs about $14 on average. I have seen it go up to $15 at times. Uh, and you don't need to purchase Genie Plus to buy that ride. If that's the only ride you want to ride that day, just buy it for the 14th. Alright, Epcot list of attractions. There's only 11 here. The first one, Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival, Frozen Ever After, which took the place of Maelstrom in Norway, Journey into Imagination with Figment, Living with the Land, Mission Space, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Soaring Around the World, Spaceship Earth, Test Track, and Turtle Talk with Crush. So again, there's some of those shows and character meet and greets thrown in there. Um, they don't really have any character meet and greets that you can sign up for at Epcot right now. The individual lightning lane is that newest attraction and it does not require the genie plus purchase but you will have to pay for this ride separately and that's guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind which i highly recommend this ride it's amazing and it usually costs anywhere from 14 dollars to 17 dollars it looks like it is going down a little bit but on busier days expect it to be around that 17 dollars for now and animal kingdom there's 11 attractions here that you can use or reserve in the genie plus system the first one is animal experience at conservation station a celebration of festival of the lion king dinosaur expedition everest legend of the forbidden mountain feathered friends in flight finding nemo the big blue and beyond it's tough to be a bug cali river rapids kilimanjaro safaris meet favorite disney pals at adventurers outposts and navi river journey in pandora the individual lightning lane here is Flight of Passage in Avatar, where you're riding a Banshee, and it costs around $12 on average. It fluctuates. I see it at $11, $10 sometimes. Just depends on how busy it is. And again, you don't need that Genie Plus system or that purchase to buy this ride. You can just pay the $12 to ride that. Maybe that's the only ride you want to ride at Animal Kingdom that day. Okay. Now we're going to move on to how do I actually use Genie Plus. I always recommend it, like I said, if you have a Magic Kingdom or a Hollywood Studios day. And I also always recommend getting Genie Plus if you're able to start at Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios in the morning. And then you're willing to park hop over to Magic Kingdom after 2 p.m. So if you're not familiar, you're able to park hop to any park at 2 p.m. even if you don't have a reservation so that's why I said 2 p.m. so using it to park up to Magic Kingdom is probably going to get you the most um, satisfaction out of Genie Plus there's a lot of rides and there's a lot of rides available up until park close basically and that's why I recommend park hopping to Magic Kingdom in the evening rather than hitting it first thing in the morning sometimes because that's when Magic Kingdom is the busiest, trying to get through security, getting on that transportation if you're driving there, using that ferry boat or monorail. It's slammed in the morning. 
and it takes quite a while. It can take 30 to 45 minutes to get through security sometimes and to get to the ferry boats or to the monorail. If you're coming from a resort and you're taking a bus, it might be a little bit quicker for you and probably will be. But being a local here, that's what I've seen recently. So just a heads up. If you go in the afternoon, it seems to be a little less busy and a little bit easier um, traveling and using transportation to get to Magic Kingdom. So just keep that in mind. So like I said, park up to Magic Kingdom in the evening if you're going to purchase it for Epcot, Animal Kingdom, or Hollywood Studios in the morning. So let me see. I'm going to give you another example. I feel like that's the best way to, to teach it. It can be kind of confusing for first timers. And if you're hearing this, you're probably like, this is so confusing. And if you're like myself, play around with the app, go to the tip board, see how it works. Look at the wait times, see how quickly these things sell out. These reservations sell out very quickly sometimes. So just look and see what the return times are throughout the day and kind of game plan. That's how I learn. I learn best by doing instead of listening. So you know, download that my, my experience app if you don't have an account yet and go to that tip board. So that's the best way to learn how to use it, in my opinion. And you can see the prices of those premium or individual lightning lanes too and see how much they go for for certain days. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's just kind of run through a quick timeline of my day. 7 a.m. if I'm at Epcot. So 7 a.m. I love the Cosmic Rewind ride. And they offer a virtual queue, which is different from a standby in that you have to sign up to get a spot in line. And then they'll call you back at a certain time. If you're familiar with Gideon's Bakehouse, they do the same thing on busy days. And it could call you back like two hours later. And it kind of holds your spot in line, which is awesome. That way you can do other things throughout the park or maybe at your resort or hotel. And I highly recommend trying this because it doesn't cost you any money to try to get in the virtual queue. So at 7 a.m., I'm trying to get in that virtual queue for Cosmic Rewind. Just beware, it is very difficult to do. Um, they they run out in less than a minute. Sometimes you'll hear the park announcement saying, we have run out of all of these virtual queue spots. And it hasn't even been a full minute yet. So just keep that in mind. It's very hard to do. You have to be very accurate with your time. And um, yeah, you have to be very precise and have to have a fast internet connection too. So just keep that in mind. It's very hard to do, but it is a free opportunity to try to ride that awesome ride. So at 7 a.m. still, I'm doing a few events here at 7 a.m. So after I try to join the virtual queue for Cosmic Rewind, I'm going to purchase individual lightning lane, that premium lane for Cosmic Rewind at the time of my choice. If the virtual queue was unsuccessful, Right? Or if you just want to ride it twice, you can ride this ride twice and reserve it twice this way. You can purchase a lightning lane for it, and you can get in the virtual queue if you're lucky. The virtual queues happen two times a day, one at 7 a.m. and one at 1 p.m. So you have a couple opportunities throughout the day to do that. But if you love this ride, or if you want to ride it twice in a day, that's one opportunity to do that. Or if you're unable to, like a lot of people, to get in that virtual queue, you can go ahead and purchase it and choose the return time that you want to do. I would try to do it in the morning since I'm probably gonna park up in the afternoon though, before 2 p.m. All right, so two things at 7 a.m. I have a total of four events here at 7 a.m. So a lot happens right then in the morning with your early wake up call. Again, at 7 a.m. I'm booking a lightning lane for either Test Track or Frozen Ever After, 
you can consider Remy's too because those sell out extremely quickly. So it just kind of depends on your preference. And like I'll say later, make a preference sheet for you. List out your top five to 10 attractions that you love and then prioritize that way too. So again, I'm probably going to book a lightning lane for test track. Uh, whichever one has the earlier time might influence my decision though. If test track is after 2 p.m. but Frozen Ever After is like at 11 a.m. or 10 a.m., I'm probably going to book Frozen. And make sure it's before 2 p.m. if you're going to park hop too. So just kind of keep that in mind. Again, at 7 a.m., I'm going to purchase an individual Lightning Lane for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train after 2 p.m. at Magic Kingdom. Since I'm going there later, and this does sell out sort of quick throughout the day, they do kind of last longer than some of these other ones. But um, since I'm park hopping to Magic Kingdom, I do want to purchase another individual Lightning Lane for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So I can ride that one later on. And I'm starting to stack up my evening at Magic Kingdom, which we'll talk about later. So there we go. I've already purchased two rides. It has been an expensive day, but I'm willing to trade that money for a spot in line and guaranteeing that I get to ride that ride that day. So you can book a total of two individual or those premium lightning lanes per day. And I have done so already. And I've already booked one of my Genie Plus reservations, which would have been, let's say, Frozen Ever After. Let's say we had a 10 a.m. reservation. So I've done that at 7 a.m. Now I'm kind of at a standstill at this point. I can't really do anything else. Unless I want to change my Frozen Ever After pass, but it will disappear later if you try to do that. All right, so let's assume that Epcot opens at 8.30 a.m. Remember, you can either book your next one two hours after park opening, so if it opens at 8.30 a.m., I can't make my next one until 10.30 a.m. Or if my Frozen Ever After was at 10 a.m., I can scan in to the Lightning Lane at Frozen and then book another one a, you know, a few minutes earlier than I could have. All right, so I can't book another one until either 10.30 or until I use my Lightning Lane. At 8.30, the park opens. I'm going to stand by or in a standby line in Soren or another ride that usually has a longer wait time. So Soren is one of those, Test Track's one of those, maybe I didn't get my Test Track uh, Lightning Lane, so maybe I want to go wait in standby line for that. If it's just me or if I don't mind getting split up from my party, they have a single rider line too, uh, and that, that can be like another fast pass as well, so just a heads up there. All right, so the park opened. I'm waiting in line for a little while to ride one of my favorite attractions before the wait times get extremely busy. 10.30 a.m. Um, or earlier, right? I said I got a 10 o'clock Frozen Ever After. So at 10 o'clock, I'm going to Frozen. And I'm using my Fast Pass or my Lightning Lane reservation. And then I'm going to my Disney Experience app and I'm trying to find another ride. All right. And then at that time, I'm trying to book my next available ride at a time before 2 p.m. at Epcot. Riding lower wait time rides until I can book another Lightning Lane. So I'm riding some of those rides like Figment, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Living with the Land, Spaceship Earth. Some of those wait times that are really small. Maybe it's the Grand Fiesta Tour in Mexico starring the Three Caballeros. You can ride some rides here that are basically walk-ons and you can ride them multiple times. So that's why I do love Epcot and you don't need a Genie Plus reservation for a lot of these rides that are lower in wait times. All right, so then if I got another fast pass 
at around 10 or 10.30, then at 12 o'clock or at noon, I can start looking to book another um, lightning lane. But here, since I'm park hopping to Magic Kingdom, I'm going to start thinking about stacking up my evening or my afternoon at Magic Kingdom. This is one way that you can, you know, set up your evenings for success and have a few rides already set up, right? I already have the mine train set up for sometime this afternoon or in the evening. And starting at 12, I can book another Magic Kingdom ride to park hop after 2 p.m. So that's what I'm going to choose to do here. And start thinking, if you can, maybe get like a Big Thunder Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, or any other like mid to top level ride that you can. Because um, they will sell out a little bit quicker as the day progresses. So just keep that in mind. And again, make that top five, top ten attraction list at each park and kind of go from there, right? Especially if you have a shorter trip planned, like three days. Try to hammer out those rides as soon as you can when you're there. Or um, if you have a longer trip, you know, know that you're going to go back to this park another day and then kind of interchange them as you go. That's just one of my tips that I like to give people. All right. So then every two hours after this, I'm setting my alarm on my phone and I'm saying reminder to, to make another lightning lane reservation, right? Using the Genie Plus system. And I'm either... I'm making those every two hours and I'm stacking up my evening as best as I can at Magic Kingdom, right? Working around, keep in mind if you have some dinner reservations or something like that, um, don't try, try not to overlap those too much because, um, you know, you're not going to be able to go to them and you're not going to be able to use them. So try to remember, write down and make sure you know what time you're eating dinner, lunch, if you have a reservation and don't overlap as much because it makes it more stressful and, you're worried about making that ride or your dinner reservation and so forth. So just keep that in mind too. know your schedule. So like I said, every two hours after this, I'm setting my alarm and I'm going into that Genie Plus system and I'm booking the next available um, ride that I want to ride. And I'm trying to go with the best one on my list that I want to ride. So like I said, make that top 10 list, that top five attraction list. And I will review my top 10 list of Magic Kingdom rides for Genie Plus right now so my top 10 at magic kingdom genie plus list and again i recommend you make your own unique to you make it how you like it and you you want to ride the rides that you want to ride right it's your trip and it's not mine so just keep that in mind but this is what i recommend and that's probably why you're listening is for recommendations so or for comparison points but this is how i would rank them so number one i would rank jungle cruise i love this attraction Everybody in my family can ride it, and it's probably the hardest attraction to book at Magic Kingdom. It fills up very quickly. Number two, Splash Mountain. Number three, Big Thunder Mountain. Number four, Space Mountain. Number five, Peter Pan's Flight. Mostly because it has extremely long wait times throughout the day, and it's hard to wait in that queue for me. So I'm, I'm ranking it right there in the middle. It's probably the second hardest one to get at Magic Kingdom, though, so just keep that in mind if your family loves that ride. Number six, Haunted Mansion. Number seven, Pirates of the Caribbean. Eight, Winnie the Pooh. Nine, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. And ten, It's a Small World. So a couple of those, like It's a Small World and Buzz Lightyear's, they tend to have reservations throughout the whole day. So I don't prioritize those too high because I know I can get them later in the day if I need to. But those top eight, those will sell out fairly quickly. So just keep that in mind and 
like I said, you know, prioritize yours the way you want to and the way your family likes to ride these rides. If they don't like Space Mountain, I wouldn't include it in the list. Pretty much every other Genie Plus ride, though, will be available until park close, usually. So just keep that in mind, like Mad Tea Party, Tomorrowland Speedway, you shouldn't have any problem getting a Fast Pass. I know I keep saying Fast Pass, but it's actually called a Lightning Lane Reservation, or you're able to skip the standby line. So then I broke the Genie Plus rides into tiers, into hard to get and always available, especially later in the day. My list of hard to get attractions at Magic Kingdom are Jungle Cruise, Peter Pan's Flight, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder, Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Over to Hollywood Studios, Slinky Dog Dash, Tower of Terror, Smuggler's Run, Rock and Roller Coaster, and Runaway Railway. Those are harder ones to get. Epcot, Test Track, Frozen, Soarin', and Remy's. Animal Kingdom. A lot of these go quickly because there just aren't that many rides at Animal Kingdom. And everything else is pretty much available all day long, especially at night. So prioritize it that way. Get these harder ones to get first thing in the morning as you can. And and after you're able to make another one, get the next one on your list in those harder to get attractions because they will disappear. So how I use Genie Plus, as you can see, I prioritize my list of attractions that works best with the available remaining times. Sometimes you have to go with what the available times are giving you, right? You kind of have to go with the flow. If the times aren't available, you may have to move on to another attraction, maybe come back for another day. Again, I think you're going to get the most bang for your buck when you park hop to Magic Kingdom in the afternoons after that 2 p.m. time. So if you're thinking of getting genie plus but you don't really think it's worth it at animal kingdom think about park hopping the magic kingdom at night because you can use it both places i highly recommend doing that for like navi river journey or kilimanjaro safaris in the morning and then park open and park hopping and stacking up your night at magic kingdom that's going to get you the most out of your 15 dollars 98 cents per person recommendations and tips for the genie plus system and your vacation experience get to know that my disney experience app download it play around with it look at the mobile ordering look at the tip board and try to play around and see what the wait times are throughout the day and make note of it if you see that splash mountain is selling out really quickly and you love that ride you might want to prioritize that ride higher for your family get familiar with using the tip board section in the app like i said that's where you make all of those purchases those fast pass or um, lightning lane reservations through the genie plus system Try not to book a reservation past the two-hour rule or that 120-minute rule in the mornings. You're going to be kind of at a standstill. And you're going to feel like, oh man, I'm not really getting the most out of this money that I just spent for my family on the Genie Plus system. Remember that individual lightning lanes are different from Genie Plus lightning lanes. So those individual lightning lanes are those premium attractions like Cosmic Rewind, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Flight of Passage, um and Rise of the Resistance at Star Wars. Those are those premium ones that you can pay for separately aside from the Genie Plus. Go with the flow, basically. Um, that's tip number five. If a ride you really wanted isn't available at the time you wanted, you might have to move on to the next best attraction. You have to adjust your plans on the fly with this system. That's one thing. You can't really plan for this, right? As best as you can. You can make a game plan, but sometimes you have to go to plan B, plan C, things like that. So just be flexible, go with the flow, 
and make small goals. Don't have these lofty goals where I'm going to ride every single ride at Magic Kingdom. That's 22 attractions on the Genie Plus list, and that's probably not very doable, especially if you have a large family. Um, like I said, make small goals. List the top three attractions that you want to ride for that day, maybe even top five. That might be more feasible too, and make it make it happen. If you can get four out of those five attractions done in one day, that's awesome. You got 80% of them done. That's a good day in my book. Then you can kind of fill in with other easier to obtain rides too, to make you feel like you gotten the most out of your $15.98. Number seven, have fun and don't stress too much. Remember you're on vacation and it's impossible to do everything in one day or even in one trip, really. If you have a shorter trip, it's impossible to do everything. I've been multiple, multiple times and I still haven't done everything that Disney World has to offer. So just keep that in mind and, you know, make those small goals and those must do's and get those done first. Then you can do whatever else you want to do after that point. So those are my tips and recommendations for using it. I hope you enjoyed it today. Um, it gives you a little bit better look at how I use Genie Plus system. Some other people are using it that way too, I know. And just a little backstory about skipping the standby line from the fast pass system all the way up to genie plus and those lightning lanes i hope you enjoyed it learned a little bit more today i enjoyed making this episode as well um now we're going to start talking about next week's episode and preview it so i have created a bracket you guys love march madness as much as i do i know i love it i feel like a bracket is one of the best ways to solve what is the greatest, right? Who was the greatest? Well, in next week's episode, we're going to start to look at what is the greatest ride at Walt Disney World. We're going to look at all four parks. And instead of regions, we're going to have the parks. So we're going to have Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot squaring off. And we're going to look at the first round and who would win in the first round, given these matchups, for the Disney World ride bracket and we're going to determine an overall winner over the course of two or three episodes. So we have that to look forward in the future. But next week, we're going to look at the first round and those first round matchups for the best ride at Walt Disney World. It's time to close out the show. Remember Walt Disney's idea to create a theme park where the parents could go and enjoy rides with their children became a reality in 1955. Today, we get to enjoy and appreciate these priceless experiences with our loved ones thanks to his innovative idea. We have discussed the Genie Plus system at Walt Disney World today. Now it's time to hear from you. I want to hear from you guys. And the best place to do that is to make sure to follow the show on Twitter at a Joel New World. That is my Twitter handle. I want to hear feedback, maybe suggestions for future content and episodes. And I want to make this all about you. I want to make this podcast about the listeners. You can also find A Joel New World on YouTube. I'm going to be posting some content on how to navigate through the app, the My Disney Experience app, and the tip board on how to make some Genie Plus reservations, how to find it, and looking at some of those wait times. That's the best way to learn, is to do it. I also record some of my experiences at the parks and would love to share my experiences with you. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to continue to download each episode and follow the show. Every little bit helps. And thanks for joining me on our adventure today. I'll see you next time on A Joel New World with you. <music>